It's not hard to understand. There's a difference between luck and strategy. Luck is getting the last piece of pizza. Strategy is hiding it beforehand in a warm oven. Trust us. Strategy's better. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. The month of October is coming to an end this week, which means we are in the prime of the sports calendar. October baseball, the World Series began last night. The Atlanta Braves winning as a plus money underdog to take game number one. We get you set for the NFL week number eight as well. Seven guests in full on today's Wednesday edition of the morning after right here on the grid all across the sports grid network in Sirius XM channel 204. I'm your host Ben Stevens. I say seven guests three in our third and final happy hour of TMA today on this Wednesday three in our second hour and only one in this first hour but for the entirety of the first hour because joining me until 10 a.m. Eastern time it is our good friend Joe Ranieri right here on the grid you can catch him all across the place throughout the week across the sports grid network and on this Wednesday morning for the first hour in full on the morning after Joe a pleasure to be joined by you on this Wednesday morning in what is in continuing to be a busy time in the sports calendar here in the month of October it's a it's a whole lot of fun isn't it i mean nba now uh getting uh getting going and uh, college football week nine nfl week eight uh, another week or so the world series will be past us and oh yeah we'll welcome in college basketball don't forget about the nhl and uh, i do believe there's a big horse race coming up uh, a few of them actually in a couple of weeks too with the breeders cup so there's a little something for everybody here ben a little sprinkle for everybody to dabble their feet into as well. You mentioned college basketball. Less than two weeks away, as of last night, two weeks from last night, Madison Square Garden will host the Champions Classic. I got to try to figure out a way if I can get maybe a pass credential into there, maybe some tickets into the garden because it's not far from our Midtown Manhattan studios to start off this college basketball season. But right now, mm. in the late part of October, it is the World Series, the fall classic between the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. The opener of the World Series last night in Houston, it was for the Astros. On the mound, it was Framber Valdez. It was Charlie Morton on the other side for the Atlanta Braves. We'll detail Charlie Morton here in just a moment. But it was Atlanta getting out to a very, very hot start from the jump taking it to the Astros and winning game number one by a final score of 6-2. to two. The Braves cash as a plus-money underdog on that money line last night. It got all the way up to plus 120. It closed closer to plus 116, but the Braves prevail by a final of 6-2, to two, and it was the offense and Jorge Soler and Adam Duvall getting the long ball going early for Atlanta. They win game number one. They take a 1-0 series lead in the World Series, Joe, how impressed were you by the Braves' hot start last night in Houston? Uh, well, if you've been watching the Braves, you probably should not have uh, been that surprised with what you saw. And uh, if you were one of the people that went ahead and bet, uh, will there be a run in the first inning? Boy, you didn't have to wait too long to cash that ticket uh, last night with the third pitch going over the fence. But this is what this is what the Braves have been doing quietly, I might add. Now, we all know the Astros can mash with the best of them. I mean, that series with the Red Sox was a whole lot of fun, but uh, it's it's quietly been a very productive lineup for the Atlanta Braves. Not a lot of focus, not a lot of attention on them, but 
what you saw last night is what we've been getting. And uh, I don't know that the Astros have anybody left in that bullpen that can actually um, counteract those bats of the Atlanta Braves right now. Pretty impressive win. And Dusty Baker had to go to that bullpen early for the Houston Astros in game number one last night as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here to the first hour of the morning after on a Wednesday. It's Ben Stevens and Joe Ranieri. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. Atlanta and Brian Snicker had to go to that bullpen probably a little bit earlier than they hoped or expected to, certainly based on Charlie Morton's pitching performance last night. Two and a third, barely got roughed up, did not allow a single earned run, but then a liner off the bat of Yuli Gurriel, Gurriel excuse me, hits Charlie Morton in the right leg, fractures the fibula in that right leg for Charlie Morton. Had to be pulled out of the game, although he pitched after taking that liner off of that right leg, but he will now miss the rest of this World Series. A big blow for a Braves team overall, Joe, that is now the favorites in this World Series at minus 155. We have talked a lot about who has the pitching edge. No Lance McCullers Jr. for Houston, and now mm. no Charlie Morton for the Braves the rest of the way. The starter for game number one, you would expect to see him probably in game four or game five for Atlanta, but not any longer. He will miss the rest of this World Series. How big of a blow is that to the Braves starting rotation? Well, listen, in his defense, he did get the assist, okay? So, I mean, first yeah. things first. The important part was he did get the assist to the first baseman. But watching that, um, Ben, I got to tell you, it, it hurt watching it. And I was amazed as he was, you know, jogging over to first base. I'm looking, I'm like, wow, that was, I'm like, that was impressive. That's pretty tough, man, because I'd have been laying on the ground screaming and crying. Uh, but he went back, he pitched, he struck out, what, two of the next three batters? And I'm going, yep. that was okay. You forgot about it until all of a sudden he wasn't pitching anymore. And you're going, what What do you mean he broke his leg? He, like he went out and he finished the inning. Like he was actually finishing the inning and striking guys out. But tough break for the Braves, tough break for uh, Charlie Morton. But uh, they got him under contract for next year as well. Keep that in mind, Braves fans. Charlie Morton, three strikeouts in total last night in a game one win for the Atlanta Braves. Eddie Rosario, meanwhile, two hits, two of five yesterday mm. with a double, cashing a plus 110, two or more total bases ticket. We look more at the World Series, how the series price looks. That's next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid on this Wednesday morning. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 for the entirety of this first hour alongside Joe Ranieri. I am Ben Stevens. So Atlanta wins game number one of the World Series by a final score of 6-2 to two last night in Houston. The bats got hot early. Jorge Soler, a top of the first leadoff home run for the Atlanta Braves. And they did not stop there, winning 6-2, to two, covering and winning as a Moneyline underdog, plus 116, plus 120, somewhere in that range, depending on when you got that ticket. The total stays under 
by the hook of an over-under total of eight and a half. And Joe, entering this series, Atlanta was the underdog to claim the World Series championship at plus 125. My favorite thing about any postseason series for the most part, but right now in October baseball, is the ability almost to live bet a series price based on one outcome for one game in a best of seven series. And that is the case once again, because plus 125 were the Braves entering game number one after a game one victory on the road in Houston. Atlanta now the favorite in the series price on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Braves minus 155 as the World Series favorites now. Houston plus 135. Joe, how great is it to go through a postseason series and see all the line flips that we do throughout a best mm-hmm. of seven series? And now the value presents itself once again, depending on where you want to jump back in in this World Series. Yeah, it, and this is going to flip flop every game, depending on uh, who wins. If the Astros win game two, you can, that's, and then heading back to, uh, you know, heading to Atlanta, that this is going to be close to a pick You're going to be able to get either of these two teams, I think, through the first couple of games at some pretty good prices here. There won't be any yeah. huge $2 favorite, I don't think, unless, of course, Atlanta is able to win and win convincingly here tonight. Then we might start creeping up that uh, to that number there. But I, I think Houston's in trouble. Um, Houston's bullpen was questionable to begin with. The starting pitching, once they lost McCullers, uh, was certainly questionable. Uh, the one guy that they had that was a good match against this Braves lineup uh, went last night, and he's a ground ball pitcher, by the way, Valdez, only he couldn't keep the ball down in the zone. He left everything up, and there is only one team in Major League Baseball that hit fewer ground balls this year than the Atlanta Braves, and that was the Giants. And we know how many home runs they hit. So this Atlanta team loves to hit fly balls. They love to hit the long ball here. They, uh, If you have a ground ball pitcher, sometimes it works into your advantage, but I don't see anybody like that on this rotation for the Astros. So um, I think this is a problem because Yurikity is a fly ball pitcher. He's not a ground ball pitcher. Yeah. And that's going to play right into the hands of this uh, this Braves lineup. I think they're in trouble. Yeah, Joe, when you compare the Giants and the Braves throughout the regular season, the two best teams in all of the majors in terms of total home runs hit this year throughout Major League Baseball. And now if you're looking at the series price and you're seeing Atlanta, who was plus 125, entering game number one last night, being the series favorite at minus 155 now, don't go, ah, shucks, I missed my value on the Braves. It's over. It's not. First off, you can look in a variety of markets, but also like Joe mentioned, Throughout this series, the ebbs and flows will present other opportunities to have value on the Atlanta Braves. I mean, compare the series price itself, where Atlanta is now the favorite, to the series spread. Atlanta entered getting a game and a half at minus Mm -hmm. 156, despite winning game number one. And despite now being the World Series favorites, Atlanta is still getting a game and a half in that series spread. You want to take it? You want to lay the juice? It's minus 380 now. So the book will update these odds throughout the World Series. There will be opportunities for value on both the Astros and the Braves throughout this best of seven series. And I say opportunities for value, probably no more so in the plus money price category than in the Mm. series correct score market right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Because despite the win for Atlanta last night, the favorite outcome, the shortest outcome is still for the Houston Astros to win this World Series in seven games right now on FanDuel. That price, plus 390. The second shortest outcome is the Atlanta Braves at plus 
410. Then it goes the Astros in six, the Braves in seven. So there are value. There is value throughout this marketplace, depending on what side you favor and depending on how long you think this series is going to go. So you can correlate the series correct score market with the series total games market. And the shortest outcome there is still for this World Series to end in six games at plus 185 in seven games is plus 190. Those are the two most likely outcomes. You can pair that with who you think ultimately wins this series. Right now, FanDuel is telling you the Braves are the favorites to win the World Series. So, Joe, plenty of plus money prices across the board right now on FanDuel when it comes to betting the series overall for the Fall Classic. So, it, here's how I, I look at this. If you are still um, of the belief that the Astros, they're fine, they have a uh, better than average chance of actually winning this, whether it be six or seven games, I think we all agree they have to win this game here tonight. They can ill afford to go on a road where uh, and home teams have actually done really, really well in the playoffs. I think 19 and 11 is the number uh, so far in the playoffs, excluding the wild card games where the home teams have actually uh, been really good. You don't want Atlanta, especially in that uh, wind tunnel there in that ballpark um, mm-hmm. to to have a two nothing lead. So if you think the Astros um, are still alive six or seven games here. Well, then you got to correlate that with a win here tonight. So you get them at plus money in the game, right? Right now you're good there, and then you're probably going to get them at a much better price before first pitch in the series right now, as opposed to afterwards. Because if they do go to Atlanta one-one, you might have missed your uh, your boat there. So I think this is a good opportunity to hop in back the Astros in the game. And then back them in the series because they need to win this if they're going to win it at all. And that's a really good point also when you examine how the structure of the World Series and really any best of seven in Major League Baseball is set up throughout the postseason. It's two games at home for the home team and then it goes three games to the visiting ballpark, to the other ballpark. So if Atlanta takes a 2 nothing series lead back to the A... For three straight games in the Braves' home ballpark, you would say the decisive advantage is in Atlanta's favor. So, for game number two tonight, still in Houston, we have the pitching matchup of Jose Urquidy going for the Houston Astros and Max Freed going for the Atlanta Braves. We have seen small bits of movement on this line from earlier this morning. Despite the Braves winning game one and being the World Series favorite on that series price, Houston still with home field advantage tonight is the slight, and I mean slight, favorite on the money line right now. Jose Arquiti and the Astros, minus 112 currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook against Atlanta, who is the slight, slight underdog at minus 104. Joe, as you break down this matchup for game number two tonight, you say it's a must-win for the Houston Astros. How do they get the job done at home? Um, it's going, they have to get to Max Reed. They have to play from ahead in this game because... I don't trust their bullpen. I don't know about you, Ben, but uh, the fact that they had to use Odorizzi last night, the fact that they've already had to tax uh, some of that bullpen, uh, you know, yesterday is not good. The bullpen advantage to me was always with Atlanta going into this anyway. It just got that much worse for uh, Houston. But they don't with that Atlanta bullpen, and we watched it last night. Atlanta, and they did this to the Dodgers. They've done this a lot. Playing from ahead is a different team. So I think the Astros need to get out to Max Freed. The only problem is they've never faced him. So this is not, you know, Charlie Morton used to be with the Astros. You know, that was a pretty good Astros 
opportunity to know the pit. They've never faced Freed here. So this is going to be the first time, and uh, that's going to be advantage Max Freed here. But uh, if they're going to have a chance tonight, uh, and you like Houston, I would also look at them first five. They have to have a lead in the beginning of this game. Play from ahead if the Astros are going to be able to win this game. Maybe the Astros study what the Dodgers did to Max Fried in that NLCS. In his most recent start against the Dodgers, he gave up five earned runs. They need to get to Max Fried early because despite that start in the NLCS, Max Fried was absolute dynamite the second half of this Major League Baseball season. The key number of three in the NFL. We break that, that down on the other side of the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204, all across the SportsGrid network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, and for this first hour, we are joined for the entire first hour by Joe Ranieri. We just went through the World Series, not only recapping game number one, but looking ahead to the series prices and game number two tonight in Houston as well. So, for the time being, we flip our attention to week number eight of the National Football League. Games start tomorrow, a Thursday night game that will be very enticing between the Arizona Cardinals and the Green Bay Packers. But Joe, I think one of my favorite things to do when you look at a weak slate for the NFL is to examine the key numbers. And not only do we have a key number of seven at points, but we also have a very key number of three across NFL football games on a weekly basis. And there are a bunch of games hovering around that key number of three right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. We are going to look at three games that fall either under three on that key number of a field goal or the hook above the key number of three. So first, let's start with Sunday Night Football, which is currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook under that key number of three by a hook. It is the Dallas Cowboys, the last remaining unbeaten team against the number in the NFL this year, laying two and a half on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. The over-under total right now on FanDuel is 55. So, Joe, you are getting the Cowboys, who, again, a perfect 6-0 ATS this year, laying less than a field goal despite being on the road against the Vikes. How do you approach this matchup between Dallas and Minnesota? All right, so this is this happens to be um, obviously the primetime game, which is great, but this also happens to be a battle of the overrated versus the underrated. I'll give you uh, three guesses as to who the overrated team is in this matchup here. Uh, we won't talk about them. I'll tell you who the underrated team is. It's the Minnesota Vikings, who quietly, mm. and uh, it's so funny because the, the market perception of the Minnesota Vikings is somehow or another that they're not 3-1 and one straight up in their last four games, that they are not improving, that somehow this team is in shambles. They are the furthest thing from it. Uh, their defense is now a top five defense in just about every metric. Also, their quarterback, who everyone loves to stick a fork into, uh, Kirk Cousins, is having his best season as a professional right now. He is completing 85% of his passes 
those intermediate passes between 10, uh, just under 20 yards, let's say, from 10 to 20 yards. He's completing 85% of those, and he's not turning the ball over. This offense is gearing up. The defense is really starting to get pressures on the quarterback right now, and they're not doing it. They only blitz about 20% of the time, so they're not this all-out blitz machine, and they are home here in this spot. This is a perfect spot for you to hop on the home dog here in prime time, no less. Two and a half, you mentioned, was the number. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings will be part of just about every teaser that I have on the board here this weekend. I will take the short home dog. Uh, I'll get them up to eight and a half. I got no problem with that. The Cowboys are always going to be overvalued in the marketplace. Nobody is paying attention to the Minnesota Vikings. I promise you after this game, you're going to start paying attention to the Minnesota Vikings. This team is for real. You, I, I just hope you realize it before the, uh, the kick on Sunday and are able to profit from it. This is a great teaser spot if you want to take Minnesota up to eight and a half. Why? Because it gets you past not only that key number mm -hmm. three of which we are discussing, but also past that key number of seven all the way up to eight and a half as Minnesota being the underdog on a Sunday night at home. So far this year, the Vikings three and three against the spread, but two and oh ATS when booked as an underdog covering by nearly nine points per game. Minnesota off of a bye week as are the Dallas Cowboys, who, again, the last remaining unbeaten team against the number this year, a perfect 6-0. So, of course, a perfect 4-0 as well when booked as a favorite, covering by an average margin of 9.8 points per game. That is the highest cover margin in the NFL for any team that is booked as a favorite two or more times this year. Also, let's examine that total quickly here, 55. It is the largest of the entire Week 8 slate on a Sunday a primetime game up to 55. It has worked up by two points from an opener of an over-under at 53. Dallas has the highest over percentage in the NFL so far this year. Five of their six games hitting the over. That's 83.3%. This would be the highest total if it remains at 55 for the Minnesota Vikings all year long. So it should be a great game on Sunday night. As things stand right now, we might be able to see some more movement. Again, this line opened up. As the Cowboys favored by one on the road, it is now two and a half, but still under that key number of three. So, Joe, the next game we look at is a game that has a number of three as the spread. Exactly on that number of a field goal right now. The Washington football team on the road visiting the Mile High City and the Denver Broncos, who somehow, someway, Joe, are the favorite here. Minus three are the Denver Broncos right now that over under total 43 and a half. I question why Denver has given us anything to believe they should be favored in any NFL game so far this year. But I guess when you look at Washington on the other side, they're just one and six against the spread, the worst ATS record in the entire league. So maybe that's why Denver is a three-point home favorite on Sunday. I have no idea why they're a three-point home there. And, you know, we get this also at this time of year, too, the overreaction right around week seven, uh, week eight, where somehow or another we we continue to think that maybe bad teams are good, or you know maybe that just a couple of breaks here. You know Denver did win its first three games of the season, yeah, against nobody. This is a terrible football team, any which way you cut it. And while 
the Washington team probably a little overrated, certainly defensively coming into this year. Um, when it comes to offense, you do realize by almost 200 yards, they outgained Aaron Rodgers and company uh, on Sunday there. So to me, this is a team that is of the lesser of two evils, shall we say, with Washington. You want to give me points. And I listen, that defense is still capable. They have not put it together. It's taken them longer for whatever reason. But they certainly are more than capable. If they can handle Aaron Rodgers and limit uh, what he did to them, then I have absolutely no doubt they'll be able to take care of Teddy Bridgewater or anything else that offense in Denver, which is putrid, uh, throws at them. So, yeah, this is another one of these situations where I get the whole home, uh, you know, the home is worth, uh, what, three points and yeah, no, yeah. this is about as pick em as you're going to get. And if I'm, uh, if you're going to give me three points and I get the actual quarterback that is, can, can light me up uh, instead of being a game manager, he might also throw it to Denver five times. But Heineke, to me, is much more upside, and I get points with him. I'll take the Washington team. Give me the points all day long. And that number of three could be huge because maybe it is a tight game and Washington even ends up losing. But if it's by a field goal, you push at the very least. So that key number of three could certainly come into play for this game. But again, Joe, if you're saying that home field advantage and maybe at altitude at mile high, we bake it in even a little bit more, is that number three pretty much what you're saying, though, from a power rating perspective, both Washington and Denver pretty equal on paper and now you're getting the team that's as equally talented if not more than the Denver Broncos right yep. now with points and as a plus money price on that money line as mm -hmm. well to maybe go on the road and get a win I understand Washington is just one and six against the spread not covering by nearly a touchdown per game but let's look at the Denver Broncos three and four ATS this year but they have not covered in four straight they started off a perfect three mm -hmm. and zero, and we all expected regression and it has certainly played out as such. Their first three wins, again, over Jacksonville and the two teams in the New York, New Jersey area, the Jets and the Giants. Not a stellar resume by any stretch of the imagination, and Denver has certainly come back down to earth. I also look at that total hmm. of a 43-and-a-half. Washington has played four of their seven games to the over, but Denver, five of the seven games to the under, and we're talking about two bottom ten scoring offenses in the NFL if WFT is ever going to get right defensively and live up to the expectations we thought coming into this year it would be against the Denver Broncos yep. offense that is only averaging 20 points per game this season so that's where I look maybe for this game on Sunday in mile high between the Broncos and the Washington football team the next game up Joe that is past that key number of three a hook above the San Francisco 49ers laying three and a half on the road in Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears. Please examine that over under total of 39 and a half. That mm. is a Big Ten total for a game in the NFL. That is the lowest total, of course, on the board this entire weekend. It has dropped already by three and a half points from an opener of 43 between the Bears and the Niners. Joe, I think this is pretty simple. The Niners desperately need a win right now two and four straight up only one and five against the number laying three and a half sure you're past that hook of the key number of three but I think the Niners can go on the road and get a win and cover this number on Sunday what, but why what again the 49ers are one of these teams that has been so ridiculously overvalued all year long when is the last time they won a home game 
Um, you know, like who was president? Give me some clues here. It's been that long. This is not a good football team. They're not a good offense. They're not a good defense. Um, they are continuing to be. Now, granted, it's not like uh, Chicago is some sort of offensive juggernaut, but they just lost and got blown out. And teams in this situation off a monster blowout of 20 or more points, they tend to bounce back uh, the next game, too, as well. So I am not laying points on the road with this San Francisco team ever. Give me the Bears all day long. The Niners 1-4 against the spread as favorites. The Bears 1-4 against the spread as underdogs. We look at the AFC marketplace, the movement for the conference championship. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wednesday morning on the morning after rolls on right here on the grid. Sirius XM channel 204 with Joe Ranieri for the entirety of this first hour. I am Ben Stevens. It is week eight of the National Football League season. This used to be around the middle part of the year, but this year teams will play 17 games for the first time ever. And it is an 18 week regular season in the NFL, but almost nearing the midway point of this campaign. It's a great time to look at how things stand in the conference championship races. We do that for the AFC right now in Market Movers. All right, Joe, so here's how the odds look back on October 8th. Less than three weeks ago, but still a decent amount of movement in less than a month's time in the NFL, specifically in the AFC Conference Championship market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Unsurprisingly, even at that time, the Kansas City Chiefs were the favorites to claim the AFC crown once again at plus 300. Buffalo was plus 400. The Ravens plus 500, as were the Cleveland Browns. The LA Chargers, 10 to 1. The Tennessee Titans, 14 to 1. Now look at that movement. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs have fallen off by $3. Now it's 6 to 1. The Bills now the favorites at plus 250. The Ravens, the second shortest odds currently at plus 490. The Browns and the Chargers right there at plus 900. The Tennessee Titans, $6 of movement in their favor. Now the fourth shortest odds on the board at plus 800. So Joe Ranieri, I let you steer this ship. Where do you want to begin when it comes to the market movement in the AFC Conference Championship? I, I find it fascinating that there is one team missing on that graphic and on that board uh, right now, which, and I will say this, guys, if the season were to end today, Who's the number one seed in the AFC? Uh, that's the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. The Cincinnati Ooh. Bengals would be right there as the number one seed in the AFC if the season ended today. Are we not convinced that Cincinnati is for real after the mauling of the Baltimore Ravens here right now, guys? I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I mean, yep. they've done everything we... Thought they could be. They're living up to the potential. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, 
that defense, what they did on the road against a team that historically has just bullied them and beaten them up. Now they find themselves, oh, yeah, they walked right into Baltimore and ran them right over, controlled the line of scrimmage offensively. I mean, they made the secondary look stupid, Jamar Chase, in that game in Joe Burrow. So I find it fascinating. Cincinnati is not on that list, but let's face it here, guys. Anybody that's watched the games this year, um, there's still plenty of football to go, and the Buffalo Bills should be your favorite to, uh, to get the job done coming out of the AFC. And to me, it's the Buffalo Bills. It's the Cincinnati Uh, It's the Cincinnati Bengals. I love the underdog uh, Raiders with the us against the world uh, mentality right now. I am not a believer in the Baltimore Ravens, especially come playoff time. The Tennessee Titans, while they did beat the Buffalo Bills, I have big reservations about that defense, guys. And I love Derrick Henry, and I love what they've been doing. Still have reservations about that defense being able to win late December, early January here against some of these better offensive uh, teams. And no doubt, maybe even the Buffalo Bills again. But I I like the Bills. I like the Bengals. I like the Titans. I like the Raiders. Those are the four teams right now and a couple at really good prices that you can hop on here to get the job done when uh, when, uh, January comes rolling around the AFC. And Joe, you bring up a great point because from a value perspective right now, both Cincinnati and Vegas tied for the seventh shortest odds in the AFC Conference Championship market at 17 to 1 to win the conference crown. And both the Bengals and the Raiders right now also tied with the best record in the AFC, both at 5 and 2 right now. So you look at those numbers and you might think there is a shot. We did this yesterday on the show, Joe Ranieri, as we looked at the main mm-hmm. playoff odds for both the Bengals and the Raiders. The seventh shortest for the Cincinnati Bengals. The eighth best odds, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bengals minus 164 to make the postseason. The Raiders minus 132 to make the AFC playoffs right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Both in the wild card race, but both still in minus mm-hmm. money to make the playoffs as things stand. I, of course, look at the top of that board because the Buffalo Bills have had some movement in their favor, and rightfully so. Plus 250 right now as the favorites to win the AFC Conference Championship on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It makes sense, right? When you look at the numbers on the Buffalo Bills right now, they're pretty gaudy. Both 4-2 and straight up, 4-2 and against the spread, covering by an average margin of 11 points per game. They have the highest scoring margin in their favor in the NFL, winning games on average by 17.5 points per game. They have the second-best scoring offense, the second-best scoring defense. They are minus 1450 to win the AFC East right now. I mention that because at all times when you look at the future odds board, regardless of what sport and regardless really of what market, you need to correlate it to have it all add up to make sense for there to be a path there to find your value. So with Buffalo being minus 1450 to win the AFC East, that is the longest odds of any team to win any division across the entire league right now on the FanDuel Hmm. Sportsbook. Buffalo is minus 4,000. To make the playoffs, those are the second longest odds of any team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus 5,000 to make the NFC postseason. So when you have the Bills almost as a shoe-in and potentially a shoe-in to be the top seed in the AFC, plus 250 makes sense for why they are the top of this market right now as things stand on FanDuel. Then conversely, Joe, 
I think you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Bills have had movement in their favor. The Chiefs, three bucks of movement against them right now. Kansas City is a fascinating case study where things stand for the AFC Conference Championship market, despite being just three and four, and frankly, not looking very good, two and five ATS this year, not covering in a negative margin as things stand. Kansas City still the third shortest odds, despite the movement against them, to win the AFC Conference crown. They are plus 600 right now in the AFC marketplace. Compare that to the AFC West. Kansas City, the second shortest odds at plus 210. They are still minus 215 to make the AFC postseason picture, but that would put them firmly in the wild card scenario. They would be out of the three of the top four teams right now in the AFC Conference Championship market. The Bills, the Ravens, and the Titans, along with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Titans, all favored to win their divisions right now in a minus money odds-on favorite way. Mm -hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs are not. So despite the movement against them, Joe, the Chiefs still hold firm in the marketplace, at least to a relative idea of a public confidence, being at plus 600. What do you think the outlook is like for the Chiefs the rest of the way? Do you still expect them to be a factor, to be a contender for the AFC Conference Championship? Yes, no. I don't, and and I don't not because of the offensive woes, and they have plenty of them. I don't because this defense is awful on so many levels. I can't even we can't even begin to count the ways how bad this defense is. And ultimately, you know how this is, right? Come November and come December, defense needs to travel. Defense needs to give Patrick Mahomes an opportunity to play from in front. Um, this defense will do none of that. It is not getting better. There is no, uh, you know, magic pill here that's all of a sudden going to be dropped at Arrowhead where this defense is going to become uh, viable. They're not. And the other problem they have is they remade the entire offensive line in one year. One year. Patrick Mahomes, no defense is blitzing him. They don't have to blitz him. Why? They can get to Patrick Mahomes and get him off his mark with four guys rushing the ball. What does that do? It drops everybody else into coverage and all of those, you know, those fancy plays that he would make with his legs and find Tyreek Hill wide open. He ain't finding anybody wide open because they're, they're clouding the lanes now because they can get to him with just four rushes. That offensive line, that defense, to me, down year for Kansas City. I would not anticipate speaking of the Chiefs in the playoffs when it's all said and done. And it's so interesting, right? Because as you look at the AFC Conference Championship market right now, the Chiefs have had $3 of movements against them. The LA Chargers mm. have moved by a dollar more in their favor from 10 to 1 when these odds were first out there on October 8th to now currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. 10 to 1 to 9 to 1 for the LA Chargers, who, as we found out yesterday, minus 380 to make the AFC postseason. The Chiefs, minus 215. Also, the Chargers, the favorites right now to win the AFC West at plus 100. We'll ask the public who they believe will win the AFC West that round out our first hour coming up in our next segment. But again, there is a much different path this year for the Chiefs than there has been, at least at this point, in years past. And you could look at the team win total updated on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and that is what screams to you about the Chiefs right now. Their team win total mm. is in single digits. It's nine and a half right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Sure, the over is juiced heavily so at minus 165, but the Chiefs had the biggest team win total entering the year at 12 and a half. The under had some juice, but the Chiefs have won at least 
12 games in the regular season in the last three years. You give them an additional regular season game this year, and their live team win total is nine and a half. It is a different picture, at least through seven weeks of this NFL campaign for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chargers, the favorites to win that division. Also, plus 900 right now on FanDuel to win the AFC Conference crown. You mentioned them briefly, Joe. The Tennessee Titans, still a defense that needs to shore up. Yes, they held Kansas City to just three points, but it's not exactly a defense known as a stone wall for Mike Vrabel and company in Nashville for those Titans. But they have had a good amount of movement in their favor, the most we have seen in this marketplace, moving from 14 to 1 to plus 800 six dollars of movement and again correlate the markets the tennessee titans are minus 490 currently to win the afc south (laughs) so joe i look at tennessee with a huge game this upcoming weekend against an indianapolis colts team that's getting a lot better what do you think of tennessee in the afc marketplace well i think we're going to learn a little bit keep in mind that game against buffalo and kansas city impressive within six days of one another but also at home Let's see what this defense does on the road here against an Indianapolis team that knows them really, really well. So I think we're going to learn a lot about the Titans, and I think we're going to learn a lot about the Chargers in that game against New England. The Chargers defense, biggest problem I have is they can't stop the run. You and I can run against that Chargers defense. So it'll be interesting to see, can can they get better as the season progresses? Can they stop the New England run? Uh, in this matchup and uh, still not get beat deep by Mac Jones. So uh, a lot is going to be learned, I think, not just this week, but next week as well. There's some great divisional matchups across the NFL Week 8 Sunday slate as well. Probably no more so than that matchup in the AFC South between the Indianapolis Colts at home in Indy hosting the Tennessee Titans. And we've seen tons of movement on that line already. It opened up in the Colts' favor at home. It is now the Tennessee Titans with a line flip as the favorite, laying one on the road, virtually a pick game there between the Titans and the Colts. So the Titans minus 490 to win the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts plus 350. The Colts, 5-2 and two against the number, have won three of their last four games. We round out this first hour asking you your perspective on the AFC West. Are you still buying in on the Kansas City Chiefs? Do you still see hope on the horizon for KC? We find out next in our Fade the Public poll right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 204. Stay with us here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our first hour here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Our guest for the entire first hour, my right-hand man, Joe Ranieri. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. We end out this first hour asking your perspective. We just went through the top of the AFC Conference Championship market. You could point to a couple of teams and think they have a legitimate shot of winning the AFC Conference crown. One of those teams might come from the AFC West. So who is going to win the AFC West in your public opinion? Let's find out and fade the public. 
All right, Joe, the four options, the four teams in this division right now. The Broncos, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. Here's what I will say. From the FanDuel Sportsbook perspective, the Chargers are the favorites right now at even money, plus 100. The Chiefs, the second shortest odds at plus 210. The Raiders, the third shortest at plus 400. I don't even know what the Denver Broncos' odds are. It doesn't really matter. And you can see that in the results from the public in this Fade the Public poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. If you still want to vote, this poll is ongoing. And the public is going with the favorite right now. The LA Chargers at nearly... 71 percent joe ranieri are you fading the public you know i usually don't like to do oh hell yeah i'm fading the public are you kidding me (laughs) absolutely not no i do not like a team that cannot stop the run under any circumstances did you see uh what baltimore did to them guys on the ground They, they have serious deficiencies and i know everyone falls in love with herbert i mean The guy is a great talent. They got these big wide receivers there. I get it. But if you're going to tell me the most improved football team right now to this point is the Chargers, I would suggest that you spend some time watching what the Raiders have done uh, all Mm. season long here. The Raiders are getting better. The Raiders have exactly what it takes to win that division, and I think they do at a really good price. The Vegas Raiders, 5-2 and two in the top spot in the AFC West. Joe Ranieri, thank you for joining us here on a Wednesday morning. I'll see you Saturday, bud. More of the morning after coming up next.